As we've seen numerous times in our study of Matthew 24, the rage of the nations will ignite the wrath of God in a conclusive global judgment, a time of great tribulation that will impact all of civilization to one degree or another. It's abundantly clear in Scripture these cataclysmic events are clearly foretold and, most interestingly, orchestrated by the hand of God to bring this age to an end and begin another. These events are precursors to the return of the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, to rule and reign over a 1,000-year millennial kingdom. It's also decidedly clear the Church, in the midst of this short tragic time, will not go out in a Laodicean fizzle, as a good friend of mine often says, as if God gave it his best shot, a good effort, but insufficient to bring his elect, the church, to their divine destiny. No, the the body of Christ, the beloved of God, now, more than ever, must begin to remove restraints from the body of Christ under an apostolic and prophetic authority that will ultimately lead to an apocalyptic evangelism in size and level of seriousness the world has never seen. A church that will be graced with the strategies of the Spirit for the day of the Lord, participating in the greatest revival in history, literally millions coming into the kingdom in the midst of all the chaos going on. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and I welcome you to the program today. You know, I get really stirred when I consider what the Lord is doing now to prepare His church to be a, a praying, interceding, travailing body that will, that will have a voice graced with prophetic clarity and apostolic authority and anointing, an anchor God will use to make sense of the events that seemingly make no sense. There's certainly a rage in the earth these days. It's, it's becoming more intense, and it'll spread globally before the Lord returns. Listen to, listen to King David in Psalm chapter 2. Why do the nations rage, and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth, they set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. You know, it's interesting that the greatest rage seems to be directed against the Lord, Yahweh, the God of Abraham, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, rage against the absolutes of his kingdom and his promise to rule and reign over the nations in the midst of his covenant nation, Israel. The nations in defiance demanding this God, this God will not rule over us. Now that statement can and will create rage. Beloved, settle that in your mind and heart this day because this is the fury that will ultimately come against the Bible-believing church. The thing that most troubled me in the recent riot on Capitol Hill was within the raging mob the number of protesters who carried Jesus signs or banners as if somehow God was validating their fury and frenzy. And the media didn't let it go unnoticed, craning their cameras carefully to get the full effect. This is the devil's strategy to divide and conquer. If he can can break what unites us and the cords that bind us together in the Spirit by sullying the name of Jesus— the church of Jesus will soon be his ultimate target. 
the peoples and the nations calculating to resist God's government, the remnant of moral fabric that even today barely holds this nation together. Do you see where this is all heading? This is an hour of watchfulness, an hour of great decision. Pay due diligence. Stay awake. Paul told the church to awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. And he adds, that's a shame. I like to say it this way. If you don't awaken to your ability to stand in the presence of God without guilt or shame, you don't have the knowledge of God. Paul says, that's a shame. In our Matthew study, Jesus gives us plenty of encouragement to to watch, discern, and decide. Listen to our next verse in the study in Matthew 24, verse 42. Therefore, stay awake. You do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Speaking to a young group of Jewish religious men, this is how the Lord said it in Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 34. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down in dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, for that day will come upon you suddenly like a trap. For, well, listen, it'll come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. To be watchful and, and make godly decisions, you have to be awake. If someone told you a break-in was coming to your home during the summer months, likely between June and August, you'd probably chuck the vacation that year, stay home and stay awake, maintain an awareness during that season. Jesus says he's coming like a thief, only to those who do not know he's coming and are sleeping soundly in the months through June through July or August. I'm using a bit of sarcasm here to make a point. We must be awake to the prophetic absolutes of the Bible. God has times and seasons firmly in place. And if we embrace the wisdom he supplies, we'll go to the scriptures to see if these things are so. Here's how Paul puts it to the church in 1 Thessalonians, starting in verse 1. Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there's peace and security, then, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, you watchful, discerning believers, you're not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We're not of the night or of the darkness. In other words, we're not on vacation. So so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we're awake or asleep, 
we might live with him. The call to preparedness is in the context, the signs. The signs are the timing indicators, as we've said on many occasions. And, and those signs are significantly increasing in our generation. As we've previously said, the broad trends of the birth pains will alert us to the things that are changing, the intense social pressures, wars, rumors of war, the rage of the nations, all the events in the the first half of Daniel's 70th week. They're clearly laid out by the Savior himself, leading to the abomination of desolation, which, of course, signals we've entered the final three and a half years of this age and the return of Christ. My friend, this calls for wise, yes, supernatural leadership. Jesus continues his discourse with another parable. Listen to Matthew 24, starting in verse 45. Who then, who then is the faithful and wise serpent, whom his master has set over his household, to give them food at the proper time? You know, I like the way the New King James says it in due season, to give them the food they need in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus is is turning here to the issue of authority, giving the people of God their food in due season leadership in the church, stewardship. The quality of leadership in the church in a transition season of history when the master of the house is absent, you know, the 2,000-year gap, the long delay since his first advent. What has the church been doing? What will be required of the spiritual leadership in the body of Christ before his return? I like to define leadership this way. It's the discipline of exerting special influence within a group to move that group toward goals that fulfill its real needs, not the group's wants or demands, but rather what it needs to navigate in time and space, in real time, the real end-time drama. I suggest a sizable portion of spiritual leadership has not been presenting the hard and necessary in this fast, easy, and entitled world, pandering to the wants that make us feel good. And Jesus says, we're to provide that servant leadership at the proper time and due season. Prophetic information coming from the hearts of godly forerunners, harbingers who are out front, not just in time, but ahead of time explaining the unprecedented activities transitioning on the earth, providing the right food in the appropriate season. Church leadership will be evaluated by how well they prepare the people of God for the end of the age. The signs will will call them to account. Leaders in the church who, who do not care for the people don't provide a voice in due season, careless with their spiritually dull hearts. The Apostle Peter calls these ministry leaders scoffers and wicked. 
Listen to 2 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 1. This is now the second letter I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind in a way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of our Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. I would suggest this speaks volumes regarding the eschatological schemes that are a mockery of the, of the truth even in these days. There are many out there today, and, and there'll be many tomorrow. Preterism, replacement theology, amillennialism, the list goes on. This is no small matter. Jesus will personally deal with leaders who do not care for nor properly inform the people entrusted to them. Jesus says the master will come on a day when the leader does not expect and will cut him into pieces and put him with the hypocrites. A warning is extremely real. An abundance of unregenerate leaders in the body of Christ today saying, where's the promise of his coming? The Bible's clear and firm. The indwelling Holy Spirit cannot be annulled and the new birth cannot be destroyed. The God who saves to the uttermost leads his saints and and keeps them for the day, the day of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, now more than ever, we really need your leadership. The divine governance of your Holy Spirit that not only points us clearly to the signs, but the strategies necessary when, when they become living, breathing realities. Lord, there are many voices out there these days. Would you give us the wisdom to decipher truth from the lies and deceptions of the evil one? As your word says, Father, instruct us and teach us in the way we should go and guide us with your eye upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless each and every one of you. I'm Bill Nordstrom.